gentle people. This is the NV Politics Podcast, where we discuss local political hot topics in the state of Nevada to inform you about what's going on. We're your hosts. I'm Dominique Labonte. And I'm Tim Hannafin. And we are recording this episode of NV Politics on January 26, 2023. So let's get into it. All right, Tim. So our topics today are two. Right. So we had a really big one, which we're going to dive into. And that was we got a new governor, uh, Mr. Lombardo. And yeah, so figure we could talk through that. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll jump into the other topic of Thacker Pass and kind of what that has been stirring up a little bit and what would probably be important for everyone to know. So two good little introductions. Yeah, <laughs> let's get it. So let's talk about the state of the state, which happened, what, three days ago. It was actually my birthday, so I did not watch it live, but um, I did watch it the next day, and I found it really interesting. I, I definitely took some notes and was surprised on some of the things that I heard, but Tim, I'd love to hear your just initial reactions from it. Well, I, I got to read it because I have yet to have the time to sit down and actually digest as long as it is. But the big thing that I keep hearing, or at least all of my circles are talking about, is his repeal of the gas tax. Mm -hmm. And the big part of that, or at least why they keep talking about it, is it's a repeal of a tax to improve our roadways, but the tax inevitably pays for our roadways. So how are you going to improve the roadways and repeal the tax? To me, it highlights the larger problem of the entire kind of staple or calls to action that he had, which were, I don't want to raise any money, but I want to spend all this money and improve everything. So I, I'm just <laughs> left with the question of where's the money coming from? But mm -hmm. I, did, I did also have that question. I think I even put a note at the end like, wow, he wants to give all these raises and continue to lower taxes, but wh where is the money coming from? Because he's also cutting a business tax too, right? So you mentioned the gas tax. He also mentioned modifying the business tax rate from 15% to 1.17, I believe is what he said. Well, yeah, very close numbers. It's bringing it in line with our, uh, our mining tax in our state. If you're familiar with that, just in the very low single-digit percentages, which doesn't yeah. make sense. But it, he's some of it's good because, of course, our state employees, I will always say, need to get paid more. Just from talking with any of them, they're grossly underpaid for what they're doing. Yeah. But you know, we have to look at the fact that we're last in the nation in a lot of what where we stand simply because of our budget shortfalls. We have budget issues we have to address. We can't just say, oh, we're gonna you know, cut taxes and somehow magically raise money. We have to actually have the plan to raise the money before we're doing anything about it. Because it, we keep we keep just wanting to spend a lot of money that we don't have, and then it gets pulled out of important places. But I'm mm -hmm. not going to get into that topic on this podcast necessarily. <laughs> we we may just a little, but who knows? I I will say the portion that shocked me the most. You know, obviously Lombardo, he's a Republican and he's dealing with uh, a Democratic Assembly, a Democratic Senate at this point. Um, and he made a comment. It's funny, every every line, you know, everybody pauses and they applaud. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he actually asked for the applause to stop when he shared that the state job vacancy is above 20% in Nevada. And people started clapping. And he said, no, don't clap. And, you know, I think Republicans are used to wanting to be excited for that smaller government. Um, But this was really interesting because he was like, no, what I'm saying is we haven't been paying people enough to want to stay in role. Uh, And I just, I was really shocked that he acknowledged that. I think it probably, he tried to tie it in with a lot of the other points that he was making of raising pay through for so many uh, government jobs. I think education, I'm really hoping that all comes through and is a big win for where he, he plans to, uh, you know, add to there, uh, which I don't know if you, you caught the, the first thing he said was that the pandemic created an unexpected and unprecedented budget surplus, right. Of $2 billion for our state. Uh, and I thought uh, it was interesting the, the how he gave credit to the pandemic. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, first, I just wanted to go back to the education point. Oh, yeah, go for we it. We don't know what this necessarily means, but he is currently making the rounds and visiting a lot of schools. There was photos of him earlier today with one of Washoe County's uh, edu- board of trustees, their school board of trustees, one of them touring the school. Um, I'm on good knowledge that the board of trustee is a strong Democrat and they were touring with, you know, the Republican governor. So it kind of speaks to at least he's trying to do some reaching across the aisle and he's recognizing, no, it's not a, it's not a one size fits all problem that I'm addressing. And I am in a split government. I can't be laid duck. So hopefully he's got some good ears and his side there's, you know, uh, some of his staff that he's hiring on, they look good. They look Mm -hmm. Like they're going to be some bipartisan. We're only hoping and crossing our fingers. Yeah. I will tell there. When it comes to, what was the other, what was the second question? The the surplus, the budget surplus of $2 billion attributed to the pandemic. <laughs> I, I don't think that that is as much a lighthearted, you know, yay for the pandemic as we'd like to think it is. I think it's more of a political tool trying to say like, no, 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 it we closed down our state and we saved all this money and that that wasn't a good thing because we could have been spending this on other areas like i'm mm-hmm. that's my thought behind why he might have used that rhetoric or at least mm. interesting what they would have been saying of like well let let's get let's get the pandemic some cadence here because you know let's let's make people think that that was a bad thing on how we treated that because i mean hell we saved two billion dollars we could have spent that on education because we had an education shortfall yeah yeah, I've read some things and, you know, this may not be true, but that the um, the IRA, the um, Inflation Reduction Act, supposedly gave our state um, a significant amount of funds and that could have also contributed to that $2 billion surplus. Uh, and so I'm also wondering if, to your point, it is rhetoric to cover for some of that you know like hey the democrats gave us some money (laughs) yeah yeah because i was i was talking to someone last night who knows a little bit more about the state budget than even i do and they were trying to dissect that two billion and figure out where that was coming from making that exact comment of well could it have come from the government 
but that would have had to have been put into a single appropriation fund. And I was like, well, yeah, the state would have put it into the general fund as the single appropriation. Mm -hmm. So then we allocate it during the next budget talks because we're always two years behind our budget conversation. Mm -hmm. You have to remember this legislative cycle, they're debating the fine tuning of the budget that Sisolak proposed last session. Yes. So even the budget that Lombardo's proposing this session isn't necessarily going to come to the table until 25. Yeah, that's fair. And it's one of those where, okay, so what do we do with this huge lump sum of money that the government's given us, but our state can't immediately spend because of our how, how we allocate our funding. So we have to put it somewhere. So we throw it into the bank account under a big old check saying, hey, yeah, it's our general fund. That's $2 billion because... We, we don't know how to spend it yet, but we, we don't want to lose it. <laughs> but we got it. Yep. Two billion. <laughs> Could yeah. be wrong. Like, because uh, I, I don't even know. I hope not. Our, the our teachers hope budget. not. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, our state budget is easily a phone book thick, just trying to understand that mm-hmm. with how we look at our budget, how things we get allocated. So, yeah. Hopefully, it's going to do some education. Hopefully, we can pull it out. I know. Lombardo wants to spend it on our teachers, but he also wants to ensure that there is school choice. So how many of our teachers will get that money? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we find out, right? Because right now it's it's just a lot of potential promises, and we'll see how he gets along with the Senate and the Assembly in the process. So, And, and on at least our side, we're really hoping that it's good and he'll, mm-hmm. he will get along because he has Ben Kikeffer as his chief of staff, who is a longtime state senator for mm-hmm. 10 years. And on the Democrat side, they're, they're loving that choice just simply because they have that rapport with him and they know they can at least work with him. He might be on the other side of the table, but he's not an unreasonable person, at least in their eyes. So yeah. we're hoping that he's able to almost play a, a governor's whip, if you will, for his side, hopefully keep them not too out of line and, you know, at least help us push some things forward and find the middle ground. So, you know, we're not in a lame duck government. Well, here we go. I guess we'll find out, right? Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Thacker Pass, right? And so Thacker Pass, just to preface it, it's the largest lithium deposit in the U.S. uh, And it is here. In Nevada, and there are um, there's a company that uh, the Lithium Nevada Mining Company that has a contract. Is it Lithium to, Nevada or Lithium America? I believe it's Lithium Nevada is what I have, but I could be wrong. All right, fact check. <laughs> I was reading about Lithium Nevada or Americas earlier, which is a Canadian company. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, Canada's still in so. Basically, what's happening is you've got this lithium deposit. Uh, we've got Elon Musk up here. You know, we've got some Tesla. He's trying to make some batteries. Uh, I believe him and Lombardo met yesterday, so we'll see what comes of that. But ultimately, they're wanting to open up this deposit for mining um, as we are trying to progress with all these new environmental standards, right? We want these electric cars. They require all these batteries. And uh, we have some people who are also upset about it, right? Environmentalists feel that um, some environmental laws were skirted 
uh, during the approval process for this in 2021. And there's also ranchers opposed to this because of the land. There are also uh, native tribes who are at the center of a legal battle with this process um, because it is uh, an important and meaningful space for them. Uh, And this is going to be interesting to see how this all works out. You know, it's being positioned as uh, a potential of thousands of jobs, right? Resources for clean energy. And it's supposedly going to bring in millions of dollars of economic development and tax revenue. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts and perspectives on this, Tim. Um, the tax revenue, you have to remember of how Nevada's tax policy is written, specifically in regards to mining, where that is enshrined in our constitution in mm-hmm. the founding of our state, where it can't go above a certain percentage. So they could be making the world's most amount of money because it's the largest lithium deposit, meaning that it has arguably the largest economic potential when you compare it per just element. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not. we're not factoring in the cost of the mining or how sure. hard it is to get out of the ground. So we're talking ideal numbers, but economically it could have the ideal most you know money made for a mine but on that flip side we're making only a set small percentage of that so mm-hmm. we're you know only make i don't even remember the number so i don't as far as what nevada would be taking away from yeah it's, the tax. it's already stunted right there yeah that's when a great point at, when you look at some of just the complaints or some of the big things i wanted to first talk on the rancher point because that was one that i wasn't going to speak on A key thing to remember is that the Thacker Pass Lithium Mine purchased their water rights from one rancher. So for for their 6,000 acre mine, they they purchased the water rights from just one mine, or from one rancher. Okay. So for their 6,000 acres, the water rights are only from one person, Mm -hmm. one rancher. Mm -hmm. It means they had a lot of water rights in the area. But on that same time, that means that all the water or the potential water that other ranchers in that region might need, might get access to, or might have been purchasing from that rancher have now been taken up by the mine mm. or will be taken up by the mine. Mm-hmm. So there's a potential that their crops, their their livestock could be getting less access to water simply because they were renting or purchasing their rights from that one rancher who now sold it to Thacker. I don't know if that's the exact situation, but that was my first thought when I heard ranchers were upset, was, well, the water. Sure. now we'll go into some just important things, or, well, I'll talk about the water in a second, but you've already covered, you know, it's the biggest lithium deposit within the country. Why we're looking at it is we have this electrical vehicle revolution, Mm -hmm. but we're also looking at a large amount of insourcing. The Biden administration is really trying to insource a lot of the jobs. They're trying to bring silicon manufacturing to the United States. We've got uh, the increase of fabs for TSMC, which is a specific computer chip manufacturer. But with that, almost all of the world's precious metals come from certain external countries. The U.S. doesn't make its own lithium. We don't mine our own lithium. So this would be a huge opportunity for us to insource a lot of that material and say, Mm -hmm. well, hey, we don't have to go externally for our batteries. We don't have to rely on the massive, just green, green, um, what's the opposite of powerhouse, like green suckage of (laughs) our, our global trade network. 
which literally runs on the worst oil you possibly could buy. Mm. And that is physically what they burn just to get things moved in our world. Mm -hmm. So if we could circumvent that or at least remove the ocean supply chain from a supply chain, it would be a net positive to our planet. But now we get into some of the other things of what we need to know about lithium mining or just some of the, the bad parts of it. Yeah. Water usage. I don't know the specific type of lithium mine that Thacker Pass is because I've heard arguments on this one way or the other. Hmm. But either way, it uses water. It might use a lot of water. It might use a little water. But it uses water. That's why water rights were purchased from a rancher for 6,000 acres of land. That's a lot of water that, you know, they were buying and trying to buy or get. I don't even know how our water rights necessarily work in this state because it's convoluted. From my understanding, you're only purchasing the access to certain rights, but you're not even buying water that's being rained because that water has technically already been claimed and purchased because that water goes back. It, I've talked with water experts. They can't explain it to me. At the end of the day, hmm. mines use a whole hell of a lot of water. We're in a drought. We don't have water. We're in the desert, right? Yeah, we're, in the, we're in the desert, which is already a big problem, ironically enough, because we yeah. had all the mines back in the, you know, way back in the Comstock load, which mm -hmm. relied on just as much water. But So it's something to look into and be be aware of, right, is the water usage for this. Yeah, just the, the overall droughts, the type of lithium mine that it is. Is it going to be an open pit mine where we're just ripping open the earth? Is it going to be a more conservative type mine where they're trying to replenish the rock? Is it going to be net positive? Because I've heard rumors of them using sulfuric acid to get the lithium out of the ground. And if anyone from Elko knows how they get the gold out of the mines in Elko, they know that that's some nasty stuff with sulfuric acid. And hmm. I've heard horror stories and I'm not going to divulge them on this podcast, but it's... It's stuff you read about in books, so let's just say that. You don't even see it in True. movies. It's Well, let me ask you this. What what would the alternative be, you know? To your point, right, we've got this opportunity to tap into this lithium that is in the U.S., right? Um, uh, I, I hate using this term because you'll understand where it comes from, but I hear it more and more just in in reality, so we need to embrace it. We need to slow down to speed up. Mm -hmm. We need to really take a step back and make sure that we've done the proper environmental studies, make sure that we've done the proper, you know, just testing of what we're going to be doing and how we're going to be doing it. Some of the largest concerns that I've heard coming out of the Native American populations is just the quality of the groundwater after the fact. We don't want to turn into Flint, Michigan. And that's one right. of their largest concerns is that just the runoff from these mines can be you know, it's highly corrosive to the environment. It's highly corrosive to our drinking water. And all of our drinking water comes from the ground in this state. If the water is getting put back into the ground, it's inevitably coming back out for us. That's one of our, con that's one of those large concerns that we have. We have to, we have to find the medium and we have to make sure that we're doing it in a, an appropriate manner mm -hmm. and we're not going too fast of it overall. We have to recognize that there's this large push for lithium batteries to go into cars. But what happens when the lithium batteries are dead in those cars? Every company has acknowledged that there is no type of recycling for those batteries yet. 
Yeah. They're trying to recycle other types of lithium and they're trying to figure it out, but they haven't figured it out for the, for car lithiums yet. And there are already fields of Teslas just sitting there because their batteries have expanded. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do and they can't fix them because the cars are dead. There's this whole amount of waste that we that we're creating and we have to we have to find the medium. Yeah. And it's it's not something that comes right away, which is why it's a slowdown. We have to recognize that it's a problem, but we have to take every due diligence step to move forward. We can't just rush in headstrong because we know what mining has done to our state inherently in the past. We have this unique ability of knowing how destructive mines can be. So we need to at least be attributing that and acknowledging, yes, technology might have advanced 100 years between now and then, mm -hmm. but it still might need another 20 years of advancement before it's a-okay for us or it's at the point where it's not being destructive we we've got a lot of problems we've got a lot of things that we have to look at but is is lithium going to be the answer it's an answer it's not yeah the yeah and you know i like your point let's let's try to get some smart brains involved in this and see how we can approach it in the best way for everybody so well thanks tim Thanks for the time and being able to talk through this. Is Are there any final thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, the key thing that, at least for Thacker, that I want to talk about is we don't know what will happen. We have a report from a judge just within the last this last month saying that, oh, the, the final decision will come down in the next couple months. Right. Have a written decision on how Thacker Pass will move forward or if it was moved advance too quickly and it needs to slow down so we'll know in the next couple months how it will be progressing from there mm -hmm. is there much influence that people can do no because that's in a judge's hands so there's not yeah. too much more that they can kind of sway there except maybe reaching out to their representatives or mm -hmm. you know the government or their uh, their state and federal representatives and saying hey we don't like this talk with you know the department of energy to talk with mm -hmm. the department of the interior talk with the proper departments and get some stops or get some proper investigations put on the books so that you know outside of this legal challenge we can have legal stops in place just to make sure that it's done correctly i think that's what a lot of those groups who have been fighting for it have been looking for but that's what we need is we just need support from every level we need to be smart yeah, that's a great point. Well, thanks, Tim. I appreciate uh, the time and uh, walking through these topics. And the goal is to be doing this once a week. So uh, next week, hopefully, we have some topics that we're going to be uh, talking through and also coming back to, right? I, I can imagine at some point we'll probably reference some of these topics that came up in the state of the state. Yeah, or I was about the... to say, we have to end <laughs> that was. Talk about some things, of course. We'll, be, we'll touch that at least once or twice. All right. Well, you have a good one, Tim, and we will be back next week.